what we've got here is failure to communicate. From sunny Southern California, we bring you Meet Bridget, a podcast for building confident communication and female badassery. We spotlight women who have bridged the gaps in their lives by building strong relationships and speaking their teenage dreams into reality. Welcome back to Meet Bridget. We're back. It's a new season, new set of pillar interviews, and all new bridge etymologies. Can you tell that I'm excited? In case you're tuning in for the very first time, I'm Kashia, the COO of Bridget, and together with Bridget CEO and founder Asha Gabriel, I help run a confidence and communication platform for teen girls, and I help co-host the podcast of our dreams. Etymology is the study of the origin of words and the way in which their meanings have changed throughout history. These bridge etymology episodes have been some of my very favorites to create and curate. At the heart of everything we do is confidence and communication. And what better way to establish and maintain confidence than to speak it into existence? So we use these quick, juicy little episodes to bring you along with us on our journey to being better, more intentional communicators. This is a space for us to take a pause and consider the deeper meaning behind words you may have heard hundreds or thousands of times. Our bridge etymologies are not only a fun and light way to expand our vernacular, but it allows us to share a more intentional approach to becoming masterful communicators and storytellers. Don't you think you ought to do something about expanding your vocabulary? Today, I am going to break down the word intuition. Intuition, so is it an art? Is it a science? Is it just a really catchy pop song marking the mainstream reemergence of the sensitive artist we all know and love as Jewel? Is it all three? My feminine intuition tells me I'd better have two strings to my bow. In my pre-researched mind's eye, intuition has always been a word that defines our inner compass. It's those feelings that point us in a direction most often when we're at the crux of determining right from wrong or meeting at a junction of indecisiveness. It's that tingling, nagging, proverbial angel on our shoulder whispering, do this, think this. We each have that gut instinct, those butterflies in our stomach telling us when something just is or isn't right. Perhaps it's that sudden wave of nausea you feel just before a big presentation or the nervousness that settles in your belly when you just know what is coming next. More often than not, especially in this modern age where we've come to adapt to the constant influx of information and new knowledge, Discerning what these gut feelings are actually telling us can be such a complex and convoluted process. We lean on others for feedback or look to past experiences in order to navigate the paths ahead for us. And while there's no wrong way to process information in order to make decisions or formulate thoughts and opinions, intuition is a word that not only has a heavy hand in how and why we process information, but it's also a word whose meaning itself can reset self-trust, i.e. confidence, in those very decisions and ideas and information. So let's define intuition. Intuition today is a noun that means one, 
The ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning, for example, we shall allow our intuition to guide us. Similar words are instinct, intuitiveness, sixth sense, divination, clairvoyance, second sight, or even ESP, aka extrasensory perception. I'm kind of psychic. I have a fifth sense. What do you mean? It's like I have ESPN or something. Interestingly enough, one of intuition's antonyms is actually intellect. And I thought this was interesting because the major distinction here is that intuition is defined by the unconscious understanding of something, while intellect is defined by reason and objective understanding. So are gut instincts and intuitions most simply lessons for us? Well, let's break it down. So broken down, Intuition comes from the Latin verb intuere, translated as consider, or from the late Middle English word intuit, meaning to contemplate. Intuition is the ability to acquire knowledge without recourse to conscious reasoning. So in other words, even based on its original root meanings, the acquisition of knowledge comes through experience and through the contemplation of that experience, rather than through the process of mental reasoning. In a way, this intuition could be described as the memory of feeling or the imprinting of feelings associated with these past experiences, a process that occurs simultaneous to the cognitive processing of that experience. So where intellect is that cognitive reasoning portion of it, intuition is your the feelings settling in and the feelings being remembered by your body. It's a form of knowledge that appears in consciousness without obvious deliberation. It's not magical, but it's a faculty in which things like hunches or your gut feelings are generated by the unconscious mind rapidly sifting through past experience and cumulative knowledge. Like its many, many synonyms, it's been coined a great variety of different things, ranging from the simple and and common distinction of gut feelings to the more complex definitions of direct access to unconscious knowledge. Are you confused yet? Well, let me just lean on somebody smarter to break this down as I give you what is probably the best description of intuition, both past, present, or probably future that I've ever heard or will hear again. The intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant we have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Thank you, Albert Einstein, for the definition and subsequent food for thought. Another root I want to consider when breaking down the word intuition is the English word intuit, meaning to contemplate. Intuit's 18th century definition is to instruct or to teach. When considered together, the roots of our star of the show supplement the modern definition of intuition to also remind us the word itself originally meant to teach. Therefore, our gut feelings are not just evidence of acquired knowledge through experience, but acquired lessons throughout time. So let's go back to considering intuition as a science because I really want to address the meaning behind the term gut feeling and why it's so interchangeable with intuition. Scientists have repeatedly demonstrated how information can register on the brain without conscious awareness, 
and positively influence decision making and other behaviors. Significant? Yes. There is so much more to this story. So this is my geekiness coming out. The gut-brain connection is no joke. It can actually link feelings to stomach problems and vice versa. Consider the gut-wrenching experience or situations that make you feel nauseous. Have you ever felt butterflies in your stomach? These expressions are used for a really good reason. The GI tract, the gastrointestinal tract, is sensitive to emotion, anger, anxiety, sadness, elation, all of these things and others can trigger symptoms in the gut. But bam, smash, bits of emotion flying everywhere. Anger, frustration, denial, fear, deep depression in fact. You see what I'm saying? That is because the brain has a direct effect on the entire GI tract. Take for example, how the very thought of a cold, crisp, juicy apple can trigger your mouth to start watering and stomach juices to begin releasing without even having to take a bite of the apple. That connection goes both ways. A troubled intestine can actually send signals to the brain, just as a troubled brain can send signals to the gut. Therefore, a person's stomach or intestinal distress can be the cause or the product of anxiety, stress, depression, even happiness, or excitedness, and that's because the brain and the GI tract are intimately connected. Take fear, for example, the predecessor of anxiety. Like all other feelings, fear begins in the brain. It begins in that space, the autonomic nervous system, which is housed in a collection of motor neurons called ganglia, situated in the head, neck, thorax, abdomen, and pelvis. And all of the neurons that make up these connections are helping us to breathe, digest our food, or make our heart beat. This autonomic nervous system takes care of our automatic bodily functions like breathing, blinking, heart rate, digestion. And it's divided into two branches, the parasympathetic nervous system, also nicknamed rest and digest system, and the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight system. And we all know the fight or flight system, right? So fear kicks your sympathetic fight or flight response into its active state. And it sets off this chain reaction of physical responses. Your adrenal glands secrete adrenaline and blood flow to your brain's logic and planning centers decrease. And the deeper, more animalistic parts of you, your, your lizard brain, if you will, it's all triggered by this fight or flight response. And it takes over. Your heart rate and blood pressure increase, you breathe faster, your muscles tense up, your pupils dilate so you can see more clearly. You're ready to fight or to take the F off. There's eye of newt in there, tree mold, old lizard brains, scales from a rancid sea serpent. And while the term lizard brain, which is another term for your limbic system, it's actually a misnomer. There's zero evidence that we share genetic roots with our lizard friends, say for like trillions of years ago. Well, this lizard brain is made up of all the parts of us that house our animal instincts, our hippocampus, our hypothalamus, our amygdala. These are all glands in your brain responsible for things like memory and emotion. Our limbic system is ruled by the autonomic nervous system, and it's influenced deeply by our sympathetic nervous system's fight or flight response. Like an animal trying to avoid being eaten by a predator, your brain ensures that all of your body's resources get diverted 
toward the singular goal of staying alive, including a decrease in digestive activity because it was time to digest a big meal when you need to be running for your life. And I use fear as an example here because while fear begins in the brain, the very real physiological manifestations of fear occur all throughout the body, including the gut. And our very sensitive and intuitive digestive tract houses an entire universe and network of neurons that communicate cyclically with our brains. So when feelings like fear or stress are stimulated by external stimuli, the things happening outside of our body, the results immediately trigger a chain reaction that's felt down to the level of our gut, whether that manifests as butterflies in our stomachs or nausea, diarrhea, or constipation. And like our brains hold memories of the experiences we have, so too does our enteric nervous system. Our bodies physically remember the response to stress, fear, happiness, love, elation, all of those other associated feelings cue the butterflies and the fanny flutters. And these felt memories are stored in our guts and in our bodies. I'm sorry I laughed at you that time you got diarrhea at Barnes and Noble. And I'm sorry I told everyone about it. And I'm sorry for repeating it now. In other words, every deeply felt experience is an opportunity that teaches us and feeds us lessons, thereby stimulating our mind-gut connection and strengthening our intuition. And in this way, intuition can become mindful and steeped in the ways that we react by listening to our guts and analyzing why certain experiences cause us to feel deep swells of emotion like love, fear, stress, anxiety, happiness, we can teach our body to recognize patterns. And if you can learn to listen and understand your body intuitively, you can begin to self-regulate emotions, thoughts, and reactions by way of regulating your mind-gut connection. You can use meditative practices like deep breathing and relaxation techniques to slow the systems triggered by emotional responses and utilize the lessons these emotions have imprinted on us as a way to strengthen our intuition and become a natural part of our response patterns. And I wanna close by remarking on something. Instinct and intuition are close relatives, but they're very different things. Your rational instinct or your ego will try to protect you from failure, from making a mistake. Instinct is that precognitive survival mechanism. It's that automatic response. But intuition is something that evolves from lived experiences. Applied in a real world instinct, your instinct may be to stay at a job because it's safe and secure, but your intuition and your gut may guide you to leave your job and start your own business. Almost lost my cool there. I wanna close by saying it again. The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. So let's remember and reclaim the gift. Like all our other favorite things at Bridget, like confidence, like resilience, like talent and courage, your intuition is a gift and it's a muscle. It's also the fingerprint of all of our life lessons imprinting themselves onto our body by way of lived and felt experiences. And that's important. Listen to yourself, listen to your gut. You earned it, you earned those experiences. And have a great day.
be back here next week, same time, same place. And that's our show. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe to, follow, and share Meet Bridget with your circle. The best way to help our work here is to rate and review our podcast. We're listening and constantly working to build something helpful for you. Catch you next time. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Thank you.